Welcome to Lave Radio episode 200, part B at LaveCon! There was some feedback there, I don't know where it came from. Right, we good? It was obviously my stomach, I don't know what was happening. I'm Alan Stroud, I'm your station commander, and welcome to LaveCon. Um, we've been here a little while, all of us in this room, but for those of you who are not physically in this room, welcome to LaveCon if you're just joining us on Twitch, or you're joining us anywhere else, or you're joining us just on the website, then welcome. And of course, if you're listening to the recording, welcome. Uh, yeah. Why weren't you here? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's, that's, that's a way of, you know, kind of saying it. And, Maybe or, they live in America. Or, yeah, or you, you kind of that's say it. That's excuse. Welcome, welcome nostalgically, some kind of strange way. Welcome to the past. Wibbly wobbly welcome to the past, stuff. 88 miles per hour. I think um, that's enough welcoming, to be honest. I think that's as many welcomes as... But you're not welcome. Sorry. <coughs> you feel welcome, then. Good. Okay, so um, what we plan to do for the next little bit of time is to give you some... Oh, oh, he's lovely. Oh, isn't he lovely? Hello, hello. Um, so what we plan to do for the next bit of time is to give you a little bit of a lowdown of what's been going on the weekend, reflect on a few things that have been going on the weekend, and talk a little bit about some of the history of LaveCon, the history of Lave Radio, and uh, some of... Different people's memories about uh, about those things. We've had some lovely reveals by Frontier, which we're also going to discuss. We'll give you some of our views because, of course, we've held back. We've let other people talk and ask questions and things. We've had a bit of time to reflect. We'll perhaps talk a bit about that. And we'll throw that open to our lovely audience as well so that they'll have an opportunity to talk about different things as we go through. That sound good? All right. And we might even talk about our lovely guests up here as well. Oh, from Spider Mine Games. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Do you feel welcome? Very. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. A warm and fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. You can Slightly. be too welcoming, Ben. Slightly. As welcome as you're getting, anyway. Uh. Okay, good, good. So, um, yes, with no further ado, we're going to move on and start talking about stuff. And first of all, the first thing I probably have to do is because I was. I have to report. That when we did part A and we went to an advert break, I was muzzled. <laughs> Somebody told me I couldn't tell a story. You've got your chance now. I do, but I, 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 I do, but I, I, I always worry a little bit about telling this story to LaveCon because unfortunately an awful lot of people at LaveCon have heard this story. However, I will tell this story and let people know because it also serves to, to segue us into a, 
a reminder that we, you know, we kind of have to, to really sort of say about in relation to members of the team who aren't here. Now, uh, to, to go through that roll call, John Stabler, I believe, is still down in the land. He's working really hard. He's here at, uh, at the convention. Uh, Chris Jarvis is outside playing a board game that he's been desperate to play all weekend. And I think everyone will agree he's certainly put his shift in this weekend with doing all the work that he's done. Uh, and we will hopefully have a little bit of his um, his uh, Lave Revolution audio for, for people to have a teaser trailer later. Um, but then, unfortunately, uh, other members of the team, Kurgel meant to be here, got halfway here, and... As far as I'm aware, his car blew up. I was going to say we could do that a bit more dramatically. Kaboom. Yes, his car blew up, which is absolutely awful for the poor guy. He's had to go home. Um, it does appear to be the Lavecon curse of cars because I remember that Karash two or three years ago had a similar situation, but he got all the way here and then obviously had to, uh, you know, find a way to get back. Um, so, yeah, so unfortunately, sorry, Andy, and uh, we miss you. We miss you. Andy, Andy, we miss you. We miss you, Andy. Um, this is stunt Andy here. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's Cobra <laughs> Commander. Um, yeah, we, that, that could have been Andy. We, we don't know. Um, but yes, so Andy was hopefully going to be here, and it actually it's been a yeah, terrible shame that he's not been able to get to his first LaveCon, so we are hoping that it's not put him off, and uh, hopefully people can wish him well and get well, you know, uh, get well car, uh, Andy, if, uh, you know, possible. If it's fixable, then, uh, then you know, let's, let's hope it gets fixed. Um, and the other person who's absent, who we should mention, is Foz. Um, Foz has a considerable amount of family issues that he's dealing with at the moment, and that's very hard on him. Um, speaking as a person who had to deal with my father passing away uh, before, it's tough. It is just tough. And it makes you have to think about all the priorities in your life. So uh, I'm really hoping that Foz can, can sort stuff out and that um, his family will, will be well and go to, to a better place in terms of, uh, uh, of feeling better about uh, the circumstances and situation soon. So, yeah, Foz, we miss you. You know, really, really miss you. And uh, Lavecon is not quite the same without Commander Forrester, our second technician. So, moving on. Now, on Foz. Apparently, Foz has told a story that there isn't a first Lave Radio episode. He denies that the first episode existed. Did I hear that right? I believe so, yes. I believe so. So, I've told this story before, right? Some of you remember this story about the first ever episode of Lave Radio with Chris Gavin? Okay, right. Some of you may not. So we are now at our 200th episode. The first episode that we did, essentially what was going on is it was in the aftermath of the Kickstarter and we had um, Frontier uh, just putting, uh, you know, get, people were moving over to the forums as a place of discussion um, and uh, it was quite inundated. A few people had been on the forums a long time, but, you know, we had all these new faces uh, and stuff. And um, Chris Gavin um, went on the forums and said it'd be a really good idea to have an Elite Dangerous podcast. And uh, a few people thought that might be good, and he kind of PM'd a, a few people, and we got a bit of a discussion, and I you know, contacted him and said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of talking to Frontier at the moment about doing some work with them. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in being on a podcast. Maybe you, you, know, you might want me on just to talk about a few things just as a guest or something. And he said, oh, okay, you know, that might be interesting. 
And then he PM'd and said, okay, well, we're going to pull a, a, a few of the interested parties together. Okay, so four of us decided to have a Skype call. Now, I'd never used Skype prior to that, so I was completely new to, to anything that we were doing. And um, find myself in this conversation with Chris Gavin, with John Stabler, and with Foz. And we talked. And we said we were going to record an episode, apparently. So we talked and talked. About an hour and a half later, oh, I, I, I guess we could should record something. Okay. Now, we were using Mumble at the time. Um, so, yeah, maybe it wasn't Skype. Must have been Mumble for Push to... Yeah, it's, it must have been Mumble for the whole thing. And um, so we're using Mumble and we're using Push to Talk. And um, so that was kind of not working very well, but we weren't to know that until the recording came through. But anyway, so Chris Gavin had said, okay, I'll host. And he'd said um, that he would do the recording and he would do the edit. Okay, fine. You know, we'll, we'll come on and we'll... So, okay, let's go record. Okay, we're recording. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I can't do it. Right. Um, okay. Uh, right. Well, maybe, Foz, you start and we'll then kind of chat and talk and then we can talk about this and we'll talk about... And so we, we chatted and talked and Chris Gavin gave us a little bit as a contributor and it eased off and it got a little bit easier to talk and it got a, a pretty good and we, we got through about an hour or so and, you know, it, it seemed all right. Okay. Okay, wow, you know, and at the end, Chris Gavin said, yeah, sorry, guys, I, I don't know what, I, I'm just not sure if, if this is, if I can do this. I'm, yeah, no, but, but it, I, think, I think we need a podcast. I think it's good, I, you know. Um, so I'll do the edit and then we'll come back. Okay. Two weeks passed. How's things going with that? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Hmm, okay. John Stabler says, well, I've, I've edited a lot of podcasts before, so if you'd like a hand, you know, I'm happy to have access to the files. And yeah, yeah, let's put them in a shared Dropbox folder. Okay, that's a good idea. Right, okay, fine. Two more weeks pass. How's that edit coming, Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going well. It's good, it's good. John's like, um, actually, I've, I've got the files. Um, I'm not sure. I think we may need to re No, 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 it's good, it's good. I th it's going to be, yeah, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly ready. Okay. Two more weeks pass. So, Chris, um, about that. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty much. I'm I'm not so sure, says John. I'm I'm pretty sure we don't have a recording here. It's not good enough because we've used push to talk, and you've got like half of the section and half of the. Yeah, no, no. But I've sorted. I've sorted. Okay. And then we heard nothing. So the three of us got together and said, um, yeah, well, actually, we still think there should be a podcast, but I'm not sure this guy's going to be up to scratch. Um, should we get a fourth person? Yeah, we need a fourth person. I, I said, I know someone. So I phoned Chris Jarvis. Can you be our substitute Chris? Yeah, fine. Have you, you know, you played Frontier and Elite? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I played Frontier. I really liked it. Okay, fine. I just think this might be quite good. Great. So we recorded again, and the rest is history. Um, we then had a program, and it worked. Now, Chris Gavin, we never saw for a while, but we did then see him pipe up on the forums. Um, he made no mention of the fact that it was a podcast or anything else. And then he disappeared. And that was it. 
I just, what was the timing for this? Because according to our information, <laughs> the first episode of Lave Radio was 22nd of February 2030. 2030. <laughs> um, I thought so it was... I see, guess I, this must have been recorded around Christmas time. Yeah, I thought, you see, I thought it was March, but you're right. It was much earlier. You know, um, This was literally in the aftermath of the Kickstarter. It must have been in the, the, the two weeks after the Kickstarter so on the Frontier Forums. Your original we had the recording discussion. must have happened during the Kickstarter. Yeah, well, or after, literally just after, because the Kickstarter finished around the 3rd of January, so you've still got a little bit of time there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Well, that date might be right, but um, that seems very early. But uh, yeah, you know, it did. It took a long time to to get anything out of. Uh, well, we never got anything out of Chris Gavin, um, but it uh, it did. Um, it took a. I, I, it's just kind of weird that you'd set yourself up to present something and then just completely corpse right in that moment, um, and then they are scary people. I mean, even hiding behind a microphone. They're not that yes. bad. But, 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 but we didn't know we were talking to anybody at that point in time. You know, let's bear in mind there was a forum and we thought, no, it's going to be interested, really, are they? You know, so we basically, we were just kind of four guys talking stuff. And, I mean, some of those recordings prior to us going live, some of those recordings, they'd last up to six hours. And that was actually one of the things that we, and it was awful to edit, but it was one of the things that actually made us realize this is something we should do. Because yes, I know Chris Jarvis. I've known Chris Jarvis for more than 20 years, uh, but Foz and John, I'd not known. And suddenly we realized we all had a, a chance to chat together and we really enjoyed chatting together. And sometimes that got in the way of getting a radio show. So, oh, we've done six hours of recording. Is there a show in this? Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, we'll try and put something together. But um, it did, it, it, you know, it bound us. And then subsequently for us to then decide we all needed to meet up at some hotel in the middle of Wiltshire. Um, and uh, the four of us were going down, I was gonna hand over a hard drive and uh, Foz said, oh, I've put it on the forums um, to see if anybody wants to come. Ah, uh, yeah, just be four of us, you know, I'm sure no one really cares. 60 odd people, oh, oh, we've got a, kind of mini convention, right. Uh, what kind of stuff can I do? Oh, well, Chris and I could do a live performance of music. Yeah, that was a crap idea. It was good. God, oh. One thing in my life, I don't know why I didn't learn that lesson, but the one thing in my life uh, that I've always struggled with, I can be confident as anything when I'm talking, I can you know, do other bits and pieces, performing music live, then I have my Chris Gavin moment. You know, if I set myself up to perform music live, yeah, it's all recorded. All you got to do is play this part. Uh, I can't do any of it. Is there um, a recording of that? Oh, I have I a photo not. of it. Oh, I hope oh. not. Uh, oh, God. Oh, watch I this video not. here. Please stand by. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, dear. That was just cringeworthy. You know, I missed a note and then just, uh, and, and Jarvis was great. You know, he was on the guitar. You know, he was away, but uh, I was just crap. Um, but yeah, no, no, so ben, the rest... That's the After Hours folder, you can't use that one. Oh, you're going to look now. Oh, I hate you so much. Um, but the rest, as they say, is, is kind of history, and I'm going to sweep it under the carpet and try and move this conversation on before anybody finds any pictures of anything related to LaveCon 2013. We are Too here late. now at LaveCon 2018. Six years. Six years. I'll give it to Grant. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you have. You've you found it. They found a oh, copy. 
They found a copy. Oh, dear. Oh, wow. It's pretty blurry. You know? hey, well, this is live. No, you can tell it's you. Fine. <laughs> it's, to be fair, I had cool laser projectors back then. Most of those are now broken. But, um, you know, they did last until probably last year. And we did deck that room out in laser projectors. So that evening, the whole glow in the place was, was really cool um, in terms of what's there. So um, that, that kind of gives the, the story I was allowed to give Sean, sorry it was long. You were right. If we had had that amount of time added on to the last Part A episode, we would have been there all night, right? It certainly felt it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we would have been there all night, I think, uh, in terms of... Oh, you're making me cringe. I'm just sitting here and looking. He's posting them to Discord. What's he doing? I'm giving them to Grant in the back room. Oh. So if Grant in the back room can maybe make them live... Oh. Or awful. Not yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't see. I'll just look this way. Oh, you yeah. Do you want to borrow fine. this? No, no, I'm no, all right. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm really sure. Uh, judging, judging by where that glass went when um, uh, you lifted that up, I think oh, it should fine. stay there. Um, so, okay. Um, yes, yeah, so essentially that, uh, that, was, that was our first LaveCon. We then had a LaveCon in Kettering, and then we moved to the Sedgebrook Hall. This would be our fourth one here. Um, I love this hotel. I hope you do too. Um, yeah. I think they host us tremendously every year, and uh, they've done incredibly. You're pointing. Uh, they've done incredibly well. Um, it uh, it was certainly um, a relief this year to a bit bigger grant. Uh, great. Okay, no one can see. You're all you're all squinting. <laughs> you can't see. You can't see. It's almost yeah, okay, as I'm bad as the no photo of me in a nylon wig. You won't find that one. Um, so, yeah, so... Challenge accepted. Uh, 1998, good luck. Um, so the, the, whole, um, the whole thing of, of, of being here, I think, um, as I say, the Sedgebrook have been absolutely uh, bent over backwards to, to help us with everything that we do. Um, they love having us here. Uh, we have in the past had members of staff specifically um, carry on, move on in their careers, go on to different jobs, and then say, actually, I'm just coming back to work for one day this year. Why, which day? Because you're coming and having your convention, and we're coming back to just be on the bar for you, or we're coming back to, to just staff for you. So they do genuinely love having you here. So I, I think, you know, do understand you are, you know, you are a complete highlight for them. Um, and uh, in that regard, um, in terms of our, our venue, you know, we've been incredibly fortunate in terms of all the facilities and the everything else that we've been able to use. Um, and it, it kind of, because we're a weird crowd, right? Because, <laughs> you know, we're a weird crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, For the mug, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely in a good way. Because, you know, and this was one of the things that happened early on with, uh, with LaveCon. We're not quite a land crowd, you know, and we're also not quite a, um, a sort of camping crowd, and we're also not quite a traditional convention crowd. We're a bit of a weird crowd. So actually finding a way for this convention to have its identity it took us a couple of years to get it right. As soon as we found their Sedgebrook, though, we actually, we, we, you know, we found a home and, and it, it really started to, to feel like we, we'd kind of got that um, in terms of what's there. Yeah, and absolutely don't change, all right? You know, and I will say this, and I'll probably say this again later. Um, in terms of you, don't change because you make my year. 
Um, you know, stuff happens, life goes on. We all have stuff in our lives. Maybe we don't have enough time to get in a spaceship and fly around uh, a galaxy. But once a year, we come back here, we look at each other, and we kind of go, you know what, yeah. Yeah, good people appreciate good stuff, appreciate all the different shows, all the different things that are going on. Love their late night dockers, love their, their Hutton radio, love the, the, the quiz, love the, the other things that are, that are done. You know, that's just cool. And it's just nice. And every year, you know, I sat down at breakfast this morning and just sat there and said, yeah, actually, every year this kind of renews me, which is great um, in terms of stuff. So, okay, let's move on. Um, thoughts about this weekend, folks? Shall we start? Oh, we should really, we should do proper introduction, shouldn't we? I've just oh, yeah, monologued for the entire, the- <laughs> I've just monologued for the entire time. And, and this that's is all about you. me. No, all about me. Okay, so I am Station Commander Alan Stroud, and uh, I'm great, and I've talked too much. To my left, at the far end, is... Uh, John Lund, producer, Spider-Man Games. And next um, is... Okay, I thought you were going to do a job title. I, I thought you were going to just... Do, I'm, I'm doing it really... You know what it oh, is. you, you. <laughs> Where are the I show notes? Just, the show notes! We, we don't, don't have show notes. Oh. Let's, just, let's just go Commander with the format. Shan. Thank you, Commander Shan. Let's go with the format. And to my immediate right is... Head of Health and Safety, Ben Mosswood-Ward, always known as Commander Edelweiss. Thank you. And to his right is... Oliver Hume, I'm the lead writer for Spider-Man Games. And to his immediate right, wearing a snake, is... Director of Pest Control Commander, Dr. Toxic, Ashley Devine. Thank you very much, and that will be our panel! Yes, I have talked too much. So let's move this over to, to folks here. And uh, we'll go from, uh, from the left again. And we'll ask John to start with uh, how, how good's your LaveCon been and what have you enjoyed? It's been uh, very exciting. Um, quite busy because I'm kind of here to work in a way. Uh, so we've been showing off a lot of the ED battle cards. And because I know this lot are, I know you call them weird, but they're also very honest. Yeah. Um, they're, um, if I were to say, to use the word elite, in a game like Elite Dangerous, the Lavecon crowd are um, going to be hard to mm. please. Um, they're sort of the critics you want to get on side, as it were. And you know you'll get an honest bit of feedback if you ask for it. So we kind of walked into the games room and in metaphorically stripped naked and went, what do you reckon? Uh, and uh, yeah, no, and um, no, maybe that's not the right metaphor. Anyway, the, he he writes stuff. I just I just I'm, I make it look shiny. Um, so no, we we've played the battle cards game and it's been received really well. Um, but apart from that, um, my favourite bits have been you know everything you mentioned earlier on. The quiz was awesome. Being invited to come onto the um, Hutton Truckers uh, radio show that's awesome too. Um, I can't think of any other podcast Hang on. Shown, been invited on but no they were no um and being being invited onto the lave radio no 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 that was I, I was still t- thinking because i caught you this morning i was thinking you're going to confess oh yeah <laughs> and the lego driving people again alan yeah he, he he did you not see him this morning 
I saw you with a fat wad of cash this morning. No, 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 you didn't. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, um, I caught John this morning outside the restaurant. Now, I'm sure that it's a nice innovation and lots of people have participated. The Lego competition, build your, your elite spaceship and the ones that we've got on the wall, fabulous idea. You know, I don't know who came up with that. Absolutely brilliant idea. Whoever it was, he's amazing. Um, and he has a great surname. And he's a doctor. Um, and there's only one of him in the room that's a real one. So, um, oh, ha, ha. Well, that, you know, you said, what a cash, so I've got you back. Um, so, yeah, so the point here was that I caught John outside of the restaurant yeah. with the Lego ba bag or with the Lego box, with the Lego all over the table, and I have never seen a face in such serious concentration as I saw on John's face. Lego is a serious business. <laughs> I, I, I would Thank agree you. with that. Thank you. It's not a game, no. Cobra Commander agrees with that. <laughs> so yeah, so John, John is absolutely seriously committed to his Lego building. Can you, can you name your model, please? Um, yeah, no, I... Um, the, the, there's... The competition is to build something in the um, Elite Dangerous Galaxy. And I think that the people that attend these conventions are as important and are also um, legends in the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. So I have designed a person who really needs no introduction, um, but someone who is so stupidly generous at LaveCon to buy pretty much all the raffle tickets that I decided in homage of that man to design Dave uh, Van Jester D a, um, a hot rod um, wheelchair that any elite commander would just uh, be extremely envious of. Um, I mean, I took it to a, a panel of judges and uh, they were harsh. And they critiqued it <laughs> and, and, you know, said a few things. And so I've done a bit of a redesign and now it's in the competition. And so whoever's judging the competition, if you don't vote for it, then shame on you. <laughs> Feel bad. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It yeah, is. It is. And it is red. And it is. Furiously <laughs> red. Yep. Yeah, it had to be red. So, um, so yeah, so he was, he was incredibly concentrating. I would say that, you know, you missed that off your highlights, man. Yeah, well, that, that's not a highlight. That's, that's something really special. That's an apex. That's, that's, yeah, that's an apex. That's right. not just a highlight. Dan, what have you been up to? And what have you enjoyed? Um, this is my first time this side of the table. Um, and the number one memory of this event... Sorry. The number one memory of this event is how hard everyone works to put this together. Not, you know, not just the organisation, but you've got the sound team, the audience. Everyone just puts so much effort in. And it's like thinking, wow, it's, it's an amazing convention, but it's amazing partly in, in, in main because of the people who help. And yeah, um, what I've actually enjoyed, well, kind of a mixture of terror and fun, really. Because um, I, I, I held my first workshop um, with the, the Dev Prentice, uh, in which um, Steve Kirby from Frontier and uh, Paige and Dav were Lured Sugar, uh, Karen and Claude, respectively. And um, the teams were asked to come up with a post-hipster um, game that had to be all-inclusive of every, everything and everyone. And um, the prize was um, Name a Planet. So the winning team get to Name a Planet. So re really thankful for Frontier for fronting that prize. It was really good. So that was my fun and terror. 
And, um, yeah, it's just been fantastic, really, the side of the table. And, uh, yeah. There is an awful lot. And, um, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we will, we will talk later about uh, just uh, singing the praises of individuals who, um, uh, who have gone above and beyond. We try, I, I say this, uh, there is a philosophy of trying to run events whereby you attempt to make sure that the heroes stay in the game rather than behind the scenes, as in, if you're doing it right, then no one person has to, to basically turn themselves into an exhausted puddle on the floor. Everybody gets to enjoy and also get to, you know, to do a bit for the, the event. But, you know, there is always a lot of planning and a lot of prep. And uh, certainly, yeah, um, it is eye-opening. You know, yeah, I, I know. And, um, you know, I remember that from, from many years ago. Ben? My highlight would probably actually be either John for not going to bed for about two and a half hours on Friday night, where I eventually managed to get a break at about midnight and John was good enough to not go to bed and let Jarvis and I play ED Battle Cards. So that was great. And we got, we had a, had a, I loved it, had a great time. Got, it was a fairly even match and there were some good rolls, some bad rolls. And it, that, was, that was a fabulous, fun time. And I actually, I really enjoyed the, the chat that I had with about 10 of us about the ethics of, uh, of sci-fi, which turned more into a chat about current day things with self-driving cars and everything, but it was still, it was a, it was a really good round table and I, really, that yeah, was good fun. Breaking the tech. I'm yeah. testing the team. Okay. Oliver. Um, uh, well, uh, the two things uh, that I, uh, first of all, this, I think this would be my favourite LaveCon, which is uh, odd. I don't know why. I, I felt completely chilled. And relaxed here, even though um, uh, John and I were uh, presenting the new game. Uh, but there were two things. First was um, uh, we played Artemis Bridge Commander this morning, and I'm f uh, under the captaincy of uh, the mighty Alex Brentnell, who is um, a legend. Uh, a legend. He is a genius, and I will follow that man to hell and back. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, I, 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 absolutely, I'm, I'm fairly sure we've won it. Um, not to ruin any suspense, but uh, the second thing, um, uh, on a purely selfish note, was uh, we were in the games room, and uh, I was sort of just at the doors and looking through, and what there were two tables playing Space Commander, uh, this game produced by who was was it Dave um, Dave Pierce was it him? No, Seth has designed Seth. the the board Bad game. Pump. Yeah, this, uh, it is actually the reason why Chris Jarvis is not here right now. That's oh, the game he is out there playing. Absolutely. So there were two tables there, absolutely, you know, playing uh, that game. Uh, there was Colin Ford's um, spaceship game. People gathered around, uh, you know, playing the uh, Elite Fighters game. And then there were four tables of Elite Dangerous Battle Cards and the RPG being played. All at the same time, the games room was just filled with people. Real all playing games that have been made in the Elite Dangerous universe. And it was just wonderful, because last year, uh, you know, there was, the, the, there was maybe one. The year before, there were none. And, and now, you know, uh, people have made four. And it's, uh, it was great to see it. And instead of we're going into a room where people were playing other board games, they were, we were playing Elite, uh, just in a, a different way. And uh, so that was splendid. It was really, really nice to see and kind of 
warm the cockles of me art, basically. Yeah, there was a real buzz about it. Yeah, there? yeah, mm. and I, I do think the board games room this year, there's been a real buzz about the board games room, which is great. And, you know, uh, what I was saying about we do try to do lots of different things. Some things stick and some things don't um, because you're a, you're, a, you're a weird crowd, right? You know? <laughs> so, you know, um, what essentially we, we, you know, we want the things to be there that you enjoy. And, uh, and I think it's particularly useful that uh, the board game stuff has, has really gone well. Um, yeah, it's 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 been really cool. So uh, yes, that's my favourites. Ashley, this my, uh, just like Shan. This is the first year of LaveCon that I've come to being on this side of the table and just seeing the amount of management that goes into it blows my mind. And to see everybody coming and appreciating it blows my mind even more. It's just. A whole bunch of weirdos. Don't take that the wrong way. You are a whole bunch of weirdos coming in. You can, you can tell what the episode title's going to be, <laughs> can't you? You've already you've got the zinger right there. You know, Alan episode two hundred to be a whole bunch of weirdos. Yeah. That's basically it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. You know, I can see Hutton quaking in their boots right there. <laughs> Um, Might as well so, give yeah. them something to laugh about. No, no, indeed. No. So, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it is, it is a big deal. Um, people on Friday may have seen me plod. That's what happens these days. I am at that age where stuff needs to get done, and I just keep going rather than going fast. I go very slow. You may have seen a very tired expression on my face. I had lots of people saying, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. No, I'm just plodding. I will get there. Everything gets done. And, you know, to be fair, um, that, that isn't just about me. It's the amount of times that people pick up. They kind of take stuff. They kind of, you know, when you know something needs to be uh, done, they, they offer some hands. You know, it, it is a very generous community. So thank you. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's gone incredibly well. Um, certainly been the least stressful LaveCon for me for some time, um, which is, is great. So that's been really good. Frontier turn up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what's up with that? They don't do that, right? <laughs> okay. Only Good every segue, year. though. Yes, Shall we move on to that? Okay. Thoughts about Frontier's presentation? Spectacular for a convention. Okay. We're very lucky to have had uh, a little look behind the curtain in a way that I don't think many other conventions do. They either get a full patch release or they get we can't talk about it, but come to the yeah. next big convention and we'll get it. Now, we got to see, right, you know where we're working on that? Here's a little bit behind the scenes. And it's not finished, it's not polished, but this is what we're thinking. And, and then you kind of feel inclusive, because even though you know they've made up their mind and they're going in a direction, you kind of feel that you were, I don't know, brought along with them a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Now, uh, don't boo me, because... Um I actually went for a little nap in the hotel room during the Frontier thing. Because <laughs> it, was, it was the only time the game room was empty. Um, so if you'd like, you hang can on, tell hang on. me. Just, just hold on, right? Yeah. So you went for a nap. Yep. Okay. Anyone here from 2013? Remember what happened? Right. Okay. What happens when you have a nap? Ian's going to tell us what happens when you have a nap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike's there. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Story time, version two. Like it. There. there you go. I've actually had a nap at almost every. Oh, you got away <laughs> oh, with good. it, man. Yeah. 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 Oh. Um, go sit down. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> the first guy who took a nap woke up 
submerged in cushions, cushions, pillows, every single portable soft thing we could find in the hotel was piled on top of him. This was like about 2am, wasn't it? We basically were in the bar in this hotel in Wiltshire and uh, this poor guy fell asleep while everyone was talking and um, so it suddenly went very quiet. And so all these, all these lovely chairs we had, we had about... You, you, you might be able to find the picture. Of the, does have oh, you have the picture. Yeah, awesome. As well. um, so, yeah, so he basically, he, he was in that, 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 that bar and he fell asleep and we all went quiet and all these lovely chairs all had a cushion. So we gathered up every cushion. And I, I did just say at the time, I said, you know, there is a tradition when I go to events that if someone falls asleep while you're having a laugh, then it's buckaroo time. So this poor guy got buried, literally got buried, um, and, uh, and I think woke up from under there. But we were lovely, as in we were just using cushions. The guy Gosh. behind the bar said, I've got some permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, dude. That's all and that's right. why we're still at Sedgebrook Hall Hotel every year. <laughs> well, to be fair, you know, the, the Sedgebrook are, uh, are nice and, you know, I've never done anything like that. Although some of their other guests have laid on entertainment for us in the past <laughs> yes, in this I've, hotel. I've heard. Yes, some of you know what I'm talking about. And early this morning when I had to, to go back to bed about two o'clock in the morning, I went down to my room, knocked on the door and said, Karen, it's me. I'm not a naked bride. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, unfortunately, anyway, my point was that because I, I I didn't hear it, maybe you could use that as a device whereby you could uh, recount what happened at the event for the sake of the radio, rather than just you know humiliating me. You know, I mean, either's good. You know, they're both good radio, but um, you know. Uh, I thought I have to admit, it's not just Graham Reed who's got a tendency to. It was Graham, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. He's got a tendency Reed. to fall asleep. In public spaces, is it, is it Shan? No, no. Didn't didn't well, see you. Uh, didn't see you having a wee snooze when I'm about one to, o'clock. I'm allowed to sleep. It's in my contract. All right. I, I'm just going to say right now that you know we need to. to this is a tra- a tradition that has been lost. We need to recognise that you know this was a first lave contradiction. Um, it must be resurrected. I expect to see sleeping people properly buried next time <laughs> it happens. You are warned, Oliver. Okay. Okay. Right. So, to recap for you what went on in the presentation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had quite a lot of really great stuff uh, sort of shown through. And I think what John was saying in terms of uh, the, the sort of behind the scenes of where they want to go was quite interesting in terms of what was there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, um, wow. Um, for me, I was seeing a lot of graphic renders, you know, uh, that looked, looked pretty. We were getting more of a pretty galaxy. Um, and, uh, and and lovely lovely chieftain skins, right? <laughs> lovely mining stuff as well. Lovely mining yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay, you want to yeah. talk about it? Yeah, we were storm as well. So I, I did like the. I'm not a massive miner. That sounds wrong. <laughs> yes, you um, are. <laughs> you're not into miners. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of miners. Six foot tall yes, and nine years are. old. <laughs> massive miner, yes. yes. Um, but the improvements that Frontier are going to be giving to mining. It's got potential to be interesting. I like the fact that we're going to be able to scan the, scan the rings, get information where it's going to be good, get information about what rocks are going to be good, and then we've got different ways to actually get these resources from them. Oh, and so far, yeah, that's better, isn't it? Um, 
get clo- uh, get all these different resources from them, and we're going to have to see, obviously, what the gameplay itself is going to be like. I may still not be a fan of Miners, but it does look more engaging than firing off a Prospect Olympit. No, that's crap. Another Prospect Olympit, still crap. Another Prospect Olympit, and eventually 20 Olympits later, you go off and find your ice diamonds or whatever it is you're looking for. And then you go off and do your mining. A couple of minutes later, get go and scoop it all up, rinse and repeat. It's I've always felt it's a bit like fishing, basically. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's something you can do if you're hungover on a Sunday or something like that. It's, I, I was called spi- uh, fishing spoil of a good read. Okay. <laughs> Take a book. I did uh, this, my, this looks a lot more engaging, though, which is, is going to be a good thing, I think. Oh, I, I did my usual quiz Sandro um, afterwards to get some detail around some of the proposals. Uh, and if we start with the exploration um, part, and they said um, that the uh, surface scanner is going to be changed to fire limpets or probes. And uh, so Sandro went into a little bit of detail about how that's going to work. Because I asked him, I said, okay, so you've got people out there in the black who's been out there for two years are suddenly going to find their discovery scanner doesn't work or doesn't work the way they wanted to. How are you going to um, you know, manage that? And he said, don't worry, no one is going to be forced to come back out of the black to fit a new scanner. They'll be able to carry on doing what they're doing. Um, one thing he did say about the probes is they will not count as cargo. Now, being an explorer, that's pretty key because if they count as cargo, it reduces your jump range. Um, so they won't count as cargo, and you'll be able to uh, synthesize them from materials that are out there. So they won't be like heat sinks or anything like that that we need to stock up before you go. You will be able to synthesize them. And I sort of jokingly says, oh, so you'll be asking for three polonium, four arsenic, and whatever. And he said, no, no, we, we won't be like that. Um, so they're still looking at the, uh, the mechanics of how you'll actually make them and what you need. But, and it was on the forum, I think, earlier, people were concerned that they would count as cargo, and, and they won't. Um. And they showed a, a wonderful picture of um, a ship flying towards a ring, and there were four or five different areas on that ring that had the little um, white corner borders on them. And uh, they hinted that you would fire a probe at a ring system. It would then identify where the the shiniest bits are to go and concentrate on. And then when you get there, you can then probe to find out which rocks hold which interesting bit. And then, uh, so the whole thing is exploration and uh, mining all tied together, which seems to me, as Ben says, it's a, a bit less rinse and repeat. It's more like target a system, find something really shiny, and then be able to go to the shiny bits of the shiny system. So it's quite nice. I think that, I think the numbers relating to probe is something they're definitely looking at because you can get some systems with a hundred or so bodies in there and if it's going to be difficult or tricky to reproduce the probes it could take you an hour to find enough materials to go to another system just to scan it so i think they, they need to look at how that mechanism actually works or whether or not the um you can scan something and then decide you want to use one of your probes on it. That's all up in the air. Yeah, variation of play would be important there That's in right, terms yeah. of picking up on what John said. Ben, Just wondering, Shan, in your discussion with Sandy, did anything was anything said? What's going to happen with existing 
hazreses and things like that? Um, that wasn't part of the discussion. Right. I think that's part of a general kind of AI overhaul that Sarah Jane was cackling about earlier. Um, just to pick up on something that, uh, that John said, um, I don't know if anybody's been checking Twitter in relation to the event. One of the things that we've noticed is that, and this picks up on what you were saying about the release, John, and the fact that, you know, it's pretty, this year was actually, because in the past, you know, uh, we've had releases here where we've said, where Frontier have come as a panel and said, yeah, yeah, we're going to do all this and then we can tell you more at such and such. And you're kind of like, oh, man, come on. You know, this is not really a, a release. Um, what's actually been happening on Twitter um, since yesterday and since that panel is that the panel itself, as in the, the whole um, uh, live stream, has been watched by a variety of YouTubers and streamers who are then running their own programs based on that information and then uh, you know, doing their own content on it. We are being retweeted from all across the world we have retweets from Japan. We have retweets from, uh, well, a variety of different places. Karen just said, I, I, this is just, you know, because, of course, she's the LaveCon account. Yeah. So, of course, she gets all the retweet information. So if you, if you tweet out and you, you hashtag LaveCon in there, Karen gets, gets uh, a retweet and obviously gets to smile about it. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so please do that. But, um, yeah, it, it was so interesting to see that this is probably for the first time that actually this event was the event where we are starting to see the content and information then being broadcast outwards and the others were effectively you know watching us to then go and say stuff about what was going on yeah well, one thing that uh, came out in my conversations with with people at the convention these are programmers people who know games and stuff like that and the thing they stressed was don't underestimate the amount of work it took or it's taking to get the graphical improvements that we're seeing particularly with no decrease in performance yeah, as yeah. it is. You know, that took a huge amount of effort to do everything. And the mind-blowing scenes we saw, I, that took an awful lot of work. As and the fact that you don't then have to immediately go and upgrade your, yeah. uh, you know, your PC Constance. just to be able to enjoy it. And also, enjoy you, know, it. you don't need to have a console. Don't, no, you don't need to go and buy a PS Pro or anything like that. It's, it's but it'll work on the console. Yeah. So mm -hmm. The changes you've seen up there will also be on console as well. And I thought that was particularly impressive. Uh, any other thoughts about the uh, about the presentation? Well, yes, I've got um, one, and and that is the um, the storms. I mean, the the question that was asked afterwards is that in preparation for gas giants or atmospheric landings? And they, to a man, Jack said, no, 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 no. I mean, who didn't believe them? I mean, honestly, <laughs> uh, sorry, but uh, I looked at those storms and I went, ooh. Ooh, <laughs> they're storms in atmospheres. I don't care if they're in the void of space, science minds, whatever. They would look great on the outside of a gas giant that I can fly into. So, yeah. you know, um, mm -hmm. I, I know that they're not going to say, yeah, because planetary landings is next week and gas giants the week after or anything like that. Yep. But I looked at that stuff and I just thought, yeah, yep. That's, yep. Fair. that's really nice. On the mining um, thing as well, so I'm just sort of going through my list of stuff I talked to Sandra about. Um, he mentioned about um, whether or not you had pirates would turn up, in, in the, which goes to your Hazrez thing, I think. And they, yes, that's their intention. One of the key things, though, he brought, it was a question Obsidian Ant asked me to ask, and he asked, what about persistence of the asteroids? Will it be possible to mine out a ring? Uh, and Frontier said, yes, absolutely. That is something they want to bring in. Because what they don't want to do is have people cheesing it, finding the asteroid of diamond or whatever, and keep 
mode swapping until they've well, that was <coughs> that was a feature that No Man's Sky um, stated that they would have in that when you dynamically affected the environment, the environment would stay dynamically infected because, uh, affected because what was happening is essentially that the procedurally generated code was taking into account whatever the dynamic effect was when it regenerated the location. So you can see the process. It's whether, you know, um, I, I, I'm not commenting on whether No Man's Sky implemented that or not, but what I am saying is that um, you can see how it would be constructed. Well, one of the key um, developments that technology would be to make USSs persistent, mm -hmm. which I think would take a lot of the pain away from people looking for high-grade signal sources. For example, maybe there are there are some persistent USSs though, like the Sidewinder. This is true. Only because it's a tourist attraction. I suppose technically beacon. it's an SS rather than a USS. But visitor yes. beacon. Mm -hmm. No, I, I just I just think it's persistent because there's a damn good pilot flying it. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's not me. Have you seen how often he's been killed recently? Oh, has he been killed a lot? Oh, oh dear. Well, it's all right. I get killed all the time in game. Everybody sees me. Apparently, I fly all sorts of random ships, um, and I, I attack you, and you know I get killed a lot. That's that's fine. Yeah. On, on the own sidewinder doesn't attack anyone though. This is true. This is true. Onto the the, the uh, challenger. Um, it looks to fulfil a similar role to the federal gunship, just the the FAS. Um, so we'll have to see what it's like. I actually like the look of it more than the Chieftain, to be honest. I thought it looked a lot more Aliens dropship-ish. Um, so I thought it looked, looked really nice, but I think it's going to be the Federal gunship to the Chieftain's fast. And were those shadows um, over the outpost, were they just a normal no. Thargoid or were they something else? Because yeah. I know they're releasing the little Diddy ones, but... That big one, that, that was a shadow with m multiple bits all over it. So that yeah, Medusas have the angry-looking spines on them. Okay. I haven't seen a single in-game Thargoid yet. Sorry. I did what you don't, did. Don't, don't I went feel flying and looking for one, and no, did I ever get into... Don't, don't feel like you're, you're, you know, don't feel like you're, 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 you're a novice in that regard, okay? You know, it's okay. Still flying my Cobra. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Alan. That Anything else lot. that anybody saw from the battle? Ice? The ice world. Very clear ice. Very, yeah. very pretty ice. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yep. That's good then. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, yeah, the... The, the detail of this, I, I think, you know, is is has gone incredibly well. So what um, what we want to do now is is open out to you guys and uh, give you an opportunity to comment on the things that you felt from the panel were particularly insightful. If we've missed anything, um, try and keep it as, uh, uh, as something that we can discuss, uh, if possible, please. And um, we'll we'll hopefully be able to sort of give a bit of a comment on it. Anybody got something they want to mention? Ian has got something he'd like to mention. Yeah, I had a long talk with Chris um, about the connection between the storytelling aspect of the game and the art from his perspective. And so what was interesting in the conversation was there is a, um, a play back and forwards between the two departments. And he said, you know, they're on the opposite sides of the corridor, so they're running between each other's offices with ideas and so they're feeding the uh, the story, the art feeds the story, and the story feeds the art, and then they make the models. And 
So that was an interesting sort of view into how the actually things get worked up. Mm. It wasn't actually in the panel, it was afterwards. So, um, but you can see from what they presented, how they're actually, um, the different departments, the different aspects of the game are actually uh, working together and feeding off each other to get the best result that they can. So that's really what came out of... Uh, it is it is a really interesting organic process. I mean, I, I, I can't claim that I can comment on how Frontier are working now, but um, certainly with uh, a snapshot, you know, I write stuff, the art, design, the art designers then come back and they draw stuff, and I go, that's cool, where'd you get that from? Well, you wrote this description, and so I drew this. Oh, that's amazing, that really inspires me. I'll write some more stuff, and we've drawn some more stuff, and then a render team comes in and goes, yeah, and we've made this level. Wow, where did you get that from? From your description. It is incredible, you know, and you don't, it's not, that isn't a big up, that's humbling, you know, because you sit there and go, I wrote some, some words and you made an amazing thing. That's just, you know, so actually once you get the synergy, and, and Slavi and I work quite well um, uh, over there, but once you get that synergy, and Chris is a great guy, you know, so once you get the synergy with a story team, it actually, it starts to, to show in terms of building something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, he was talking about how the uh, scout was introduced, yep. the Thargoid scout, and basically Chris wanted to make an old-style Thargoid that everybody recognised, <coughs> not the new ones with the wings, but actually an old-style one. And then he was like, well, how do we, this is what we're thinking of, how do we get that into the game? And then the whole that whole little narrative and uh, leading up to Jameson's uh, Cobra, um, that all came about because, yeah, Chris wanted to put in yeah. an old-style Thargoid that everybody yeah. could recognise. Mm. And so hearing that story of how that actually came in the game and what the process that went into that from, yeah, we want to do this, and then there's a whole story arc that's gone in, um, and how do you introduce the, the scouts when they come later in, they're act, active in the USSs and they say they attack you like they used to. Um, so yeah, that was a... It, it kind of warms the old cynical bones of us that have, you know, sit there since the 80s and gone, ah, oh, you know, but, but this, but this. Oh wow, someone's actually paying attention and they, they're, they're bringing the old stuff and they're, they're making it new and they're kind of connecting it and, you know, yeah, it's fantastic. I think it was a really good job that he did that. Yeah, that was, uh, so yeah, Hearing the stories of how those things are actually brought together, worked on, <clears throat> not just one person, but one person getting an idea, and then teams of, teams of people work to put something into the game. Yep. And you know, the, the, is, is as cool as they can possibly make it. No, it's awesome. Um, can I ask, Ian, can you, thank you, can you just pass the mic to Stephen? Anyone got any cushions? Well, hey, don't be, don't be nasty. I was, I was intentionally trying Sorry, to Flossie. make sure that we didn't draw any attention to Flossie in the front row. That's, that's, that's awful of you, right? I'm going to blame... They, they've been nudging me, okay, for the last two minutes while Ian was talking about Flossie's asleep, Flossie's gone to sleep. And I was intentionally not drawing attention. Stephen, your, your question. Well, going back, going back to uh, what is just said, basically the feedback, I'm wondering... Um, if the Lave Radio going and um, discovering that putting Guardian Tech into the Thargoids um, mansion um, actually caused the, the, the game to 
move so that you had Guardian Tech in the weapons as well, maybe. Yeah, but an awful lot of NPCs have died because of you. <laughs> in which I applaud you for. And you care about this, Sean? <laughs> we can certainly say you've ushered in a new era. Oh, oh my God. So I'll but, get my coat now. <laughs> but going back to the panel yesterday, um, at the exploration, the, the probes, um, did anyone else notice that they were saying that um, if you fire the probes, you need skill to get them to uh, go around the planets and um, find the points of interest, but also it's finding all the points of interest. And um, that means that they're no longer just automatically generated. They must be there as a persistent um, design, or, or at least um, something that is um, automatically set up, but always there. Mm. Um, they can't, yeah, they're, 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 mm. They've got a persistence from the um, simulation. So, um, yeah, also remember this, this is, Sandy was saying that this is to help people not have to go flying for hours at, say, two kilometers upside down mm. around the whole planet yeah. just to find some brain trees. I'd really, I'd really like that. Um, it, it would make, it would just make the universe much more consistent if every time you found a mining rig, it was in the same place and, yeah. um, and it's entirely within the capabilities of the engine. I was, I was kind of surprised. I'm sure there's a good reason why they didn't do it. Uh, but I was kind of surprised they didn't do it from the start since, you know, um, I think the smallest thing that they procedurally generate in Elite Dangerous is dust. And so, you know, for that, a mining rig doesn't seem, you know, like it's going to be too hard yeah. to sort of yeah. put in the right place. So uh, if they do that, I'll be, I'll be very pleased. That'd be cool. And that's why I went off and asked Sandy yesterday if the... Like things like the Crash Cobra were still going to be around, and if that was something we'd be able to discover, and thankfully he said yes, you can discover that as well. So excellent. It'd also Sweet. be lovely if you could buy the data afterwards. So once someone's done that and found the, so I could I could sell that to you, or yeah. I could sell yeah. it to the station, and then it would just be when you go to the nav beacon, you'd see it. Yes. Well, well yeah. something something that I've felt um, a long time was um, if you're all exploring or prospecting, being able to sell data that's, let's say, commercially sensitive for more credits would probably be a good incentive to go out and explore. Um, but obviously that's a lot more coding, a lot more Yeah, but difficult. the mechanics are there already, because when you discover an Earth-like, it's more valuable than a water world, which itself is more valuable than a well, metal content, so on and so forth. So why you've, not? You've also, I mean, there's the potential there for a bidding war, you know, if you ended up with different factions. Yeah. You know, if, if a certain faction felt it was more sensitive, you know, you could be quoted a price. Or, if you quoted three prices. Or if you go to a mining settlement, it garners a better price than if you go yeah. to a high-tech. Yeah, well, interesting why, point. Why do we need minerals? We just buy it from over there. Personally, yeah, we, I thought the fair. idea of a, of a giant basketball hoop to try and get this probe through was the, was the best idea of the yeah, day. Well, yeah. I was I was wondering about I was wondering about like you know could you could you do this as kind of a um, one of those kind of window washer things you know you know that thing where if you drive a car you change your um, your 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 kind of squirter so that it moves to the person on the pavement and you can kind of sit there and you can, you know, and the person on the pavement gets soaked. I was thinking about the probes and like, you know, maybe what you do is you kind of fly in front of somebody 
right, just nice and close, and then probe release, and they get like a swarm of flies literally right on their windshield. <laughs> and so, what, 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 what do we, how do we get you rid of this? give certain player groups ideas. You yeah, know. you know, I just, well, you know, well, well, of course, and just the, run off. In, in the new mining where you're setting uh, the charges around the asteroid, preset the charges, wait for an NPC or <laughs> someone else to come by, <laughs> and detonate. Can we put them on someone else's ship? Like a sticky Ooh, bomb. Well, and, you know, oh, sticky bomb. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, Don't, right, we'll tell Ben about the uh, sticky bombs. Yeah. <laughs> you. You're the one with the reputation of the sticky bombs and Grand Theft Autos. Make it go boom. Okay. I think we had some other people as well. Another so. question? I think it was one at the back. Yeah, there was. Tom had one. So, just uh, um, yep. it was the winging up and um, multi crew. It was whether or not Psycho Cow, who's also gone to sleep in the room, um, Wanted to wing up um, and do some mining with me because I know he loves mining. That's it. Much better. Thank you. Microphone nice and close. Thank you. Yeah. Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Say it again. Uh, uh, last sorry. bit. It, it was whether or not Psycho Cow wanted to come mining in multi crew with me. That was. Ah. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, well, uh, Grant. Um, he doesn't even want to show his face at the minute. Oh, there he is. Hooray! It's just, a, it's just a double bed we've got back there. It's lovely. Uh, <laughs> Mining, I tried it to get to materials once. Yeah. You can wing up to do that. Why? <laughs> because you can, because Why you would can. you want to share that misery with somebody else? <laughs> oh, well, let's divide the task up. I'll shoot the rock and then you scoop the bits. Is that what you do? <laughs> Is that what you do? You split it into tasks, you have one person or numbers of PIs in your wings shooting the rocks. The, the, the concept I don't know. is the Cal, same. How do you go mining with other people? I don't. I, I, I don't like going mining with myself. <laughs> it's the worst company I've had. Kind of, do, do you need gloves to go oh. mining with yourself? It's yeah, kind yeah. Of <laughs> different kind of mining. Just, just don't cut your fingernails. Right. <laughs> uh, just quickly on mining, I actually yep. love... Mining. I think, oh. I think I think it's really kind of a zen of elite for me. Especially at late night, you just go to an to a ring, put some nice, mu nice, relaxing music on, and just kind of mine away, <laughs> mine so, away your mind. So um, does but, the changes actually make that worse <laughs> for you because you actually have to do something rather than? Say again. Does it does the changes possibly make it worse for you then because you actually have to do something? No, rather it's kind than of very just, just kind of you just kind of get into the zone and just chill out. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about is um. You know, all they share all these details about the big features um, with us, but what I'm always waiting for with um, those releases and patches are the little, the detailed patch notes, and I just love to go to the forums and look for the little things that are hidden in the patch notes because there's loads of little things that they fix or patch or add, and they don't talk about them, but you can find them in the, in the, in the patch notes, um, and there are so many of them sometimes. So, especially with this new update with Q4, they said, they've said it's going to be the biggest one of the of this year, um, so I'm really interested and I'm really waiting for the passion just to go and dig through them to see, you know, what else is kind of buried within them. Yeah, mysterious it, rocks added. Well, it was it, well, it was <laughs> things like it was things like when the the Voyager probes were added. You know, essentially they were they were buried in the patch notes, but they they weren't named, um, if I remember rightly. Um, somebody may may be able to prove me wrong because my brain is deficient. Um, yeah, I think it was just anomalies added or something, added. you know. And then, and then, of course, somebody went, "Oh yeah, I found Voyager one, and look, I found Voyager two. Um, so yeah, so you know, those those kind of things are, are fantastic in that regard. Just thinking about the the mining, 
And I'd love when we go off and maybe blow up some of these rocks that rock hermits and things like that come out and get us again. Okay, well, the crate, you know, it's well, the favoured ship of the rock hermit, I believe. Was, yeah, I, I, I have a hope for the crate. We actually, have yet to right. see the crate and they promised it how long ago now? Hey, man, man, Panther Clipper, man. Doesn't, oh, you know. Terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Panther Clipper, we've been waiting for the crate. I'll, I'll channel Jarvis, we want the Merlin. My question is actually about the crate. I was going to mention okay. the crate. Um, so we heard about the Challenger. They did actually say two ships coming in this release, so I think there's another hint. We've already seen the engines from the crate. Uh, I did hear it on fairly good authority that the weapons that we saw in the sneak peeks, that was the crate as well. Um, so it looks pretty likely that the crate is coming. Right. Personally, I'm really grateful about that because I have a bet with somebody that I can't post on the forum for an entire month if it's not coming. So, <laughs> I've actually got so a who's going to be nice and quiet then? I've got a, I've I've got a wish for the crate because at the moment there are several ship archetypes. You've got the combat ship, you've got the exploration ship, you've got a trader, and then you've got multi-purpose. What I'm hoping is the crate is the first of a new archetype of the piracy archetype. Okay, interesting. Where you specialise the ship to be a pirate ship. And it can then spawn other pirate-style ships. Well, it's it's interesting because in the in the official fiction, I think I'm correct in saying that the only description of the crate in the official fiction, because we did we didn't have when we had um, when Frontier gave us a ships pack, they basically told us ahead of time what about thirty of the ships would be. So we had a list of illustrations of ships that we could use, and the crate wasn't on that list. So being stupid, I decided to put the crate in my book. <laughs> So, um, so do we. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, stupid is as stupid does, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> Hang on. The, there's a scene in Lave Revolution where essentially where um, the revolutionaries ambush this asp that's been chasing the, uh, the cobra, uh, the gallant, and um, they're, I think it's a sidewinder and two crates, and they just get blown apart. They just get completely blown apart. And the crates are old-style crates because I always caveated what I was doing. Um, similar with the Viper, I always caveated what I was doing by saying my ships were the old-style versions, they were the previous versions, blah, blah, blah. But the interesting thing with the crate was that um, I had to think about what the pylons were. You know, the two dagger, you know, the two sticks on the side. And it was like, they're not guns, right? If you're nine years old, they're guns. Uh, or, or six years old, they're guns. Um, they're not guns, so what could they be? So I was thinking about it and thinking, well, actually, they should be communications pylons. They're long-distance communications pylons. From yeah, a- we made them guns. Okay, well, you're, you're, you you're know, dumb. Because it's nine. cool, isn't it? it no, yeah, no, it's not just me. It's the future. It's lasers, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, they're they just are. sticks. So yeah, it's but, like they're you know, aerial pylons. Make them artfully smaller. Um, you know, just just give the... You know, they could have been guns. I, okay, they're not being... I think in the age of laser, laser pointers actually laser came pointers. out of the pylons. <laughs> oh, they weren't guns. They were just sticks, you know. They were one pixel. Duh. Anyway, but so it'd be interesting to see how they interpret it. Um, you know, I'm not bitter. They're not guns. Um, but, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they, they choose to do and, uh, and how they choose to put that in. Uh, that was actually, and that, that very short anecdote, promise, okay? That was actually, I don't know if people remember, the reason why the Viper is the Mark that it is, because originally they were billing it as the Mark II, and um, I, I had to call them out and say, I think it was at LaveCon 2014, I called out Michael Brooks and said, you know that there were already two, so why is, why is the Viper still called Mark II in all the promotional material? Then it changed. Um, so which was fine, you know, it's not, um, uh, you know, not something that uh, 
was precious to me at all. So you um, think Crate is the surprise? Because if you, if you read the announcement in the forum, there was like, and, question mark, right? you think Crate is the and one more thing moment. Yeah. Hope so. Hope so. Maybe it's the Moray star boat, and we didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, any other any other comments? Yep. Um, so again, the um, I think what really struck me this year was the past few years we've really had a lot of things that like for multi crew wings and even the Thargoids really focus on the multiplayer aspect. And I've not got many friends, so it's kind of nice this year to see. I think mining and exploration is really giving love back to solo play again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, the more on exploration. I mean, we know that from the first LaveCon when Michael Brooks turned up, what Michael Brooks did is he sat down and having distributed pieces of concept art to everyone that was there. So you got your ooh, this is a lovely printed copy of of this. He then sat down and explained some of the you know the design strategies and exploring was the main thing they talked about it was yeah we want to encourage everybody to get out there and and find stuff and just go out into lonely lonely space um which was you know it was quite romantic you know yeah. in terms of how it was how it was described um so yeah so you know uh leaving aside the the pleasure or not pleasure of mining um whether whether people enjoy it or don't enjoy it you know this idea of of thinking through the uh, the solo player i think is, is they did actually add multi-crew uh, multi functionality to exploration and mining. Um, I'm not sure if you picked up on it, but um, they said that if you were in a multi-crew, then the crew could aim different probes in different directions, so you could cover more distance quicker if you were in multi-crew. So it's not you have to have multi-crew for the exploration or mining. It's just it gives you more options. You also still need multi-crew to be able to use... The SRVs. So, what Toxic asked the question, you know, can we have multiple SRVs? I thought that was genius. And yeah, uh, you got my vote because to have exploration and then to be able to find your shiny thing on the planet's surface and all of you get out and hoof about and go and have a look at it is much better than everyone staying in the cockpit whilst you do. Yeah, that would be, oh yeah, that would be multiple awesome. SRVs, please. Yep. Yes. Bring that on. Cool. Okay. Uh, anything further, Ian? Look it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. On, yeah. The, on the crates again. Uh, I was talking to Chris yesterday, and he was saying, "Well, they make um, well, the art department makes a, a view of the front and the back, and, and then they take it over to the model." I said, "Oh, really? That's really interesting. How does that work, for example, on the crate?" And he was like, "The clouds are very interesting, aren't they?" <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, it's a blue sky. All right. <laughs> About the Challenger. Well. Fair enough. I mean, you know, we'll 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 kind of see when uh, hopefully that comes out, and uh, we'll see what they've they've interpreted with it. Okay, so shall we move on? Yeah, if no one else has got to anything. Else anything to add, anything else to add? Nothing else to add. No. Okay. Good. Okay. So um, other things that uh, that we might want to, to to sort of think about discuss in relation to uh, things that have happened yesterday. Were there any other reflections that people wanted to, to mention, other than Frontier? Other than Frontier. Yeah, yeah, come on. There was a whole convention. <laughs> come on. Anything, anything particular that, um, uh, that was interesting that, uh, that you enjoyed? Um, I know we've talked about your highlights, but you know, was there anything you wanted to, uh, to plug or anything you wanted to, to talk about that was great? 
Does anyone want then. to talk about Just Lave Revolution then. Audio? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, look. Oh, oh, there's a surprise. Oh, Even thank you very much. Later, oh, shock, shock. Um, uh, did, did you want to talk about that? Um, I wasn't able to listen to it because I was working in my room explaining ED battle cards, but oh. um, I walked past the TV screen to get myself a beer and it sounded very, very good. I did see Alan. I was sitting off the cutback or middle, actually, and Alan was sitting there with a wee tear in his eye and a great big cheesy grin on his face. <laughs> Pretty much. It's been a long time, right? It's been very painful to try and uh, get this done. Um, there's a long, long and tortured history for, for those of you that don't know, and I'm not going to go into to all the ins and outs of the details, but it has been a very difficult uh, you know, sort of time to, to get this sorted. The one thing that's kept me constant, and you know, we, we, we sort of advertised we were going to have this thing originally in 2013. It's taken us five years to get it done. Um, the one thing that, that has been an absolute constant and has kept me kind of sane is Chris is awesome. And he's really good at what he does. And just to, you know, to hear him play around with uh, you know, the dialogue, the lines, the stuff that I'd written, um, it was, it was like, like, you know, sort of meeting an old friend again for, for a long period of time, you know, having not seen it for a long period of time. And yeah, you know, I freely admit when, um, when we had um, the classic theme tune of Frontier uh, played here, I was in bits when that was, that was uh, played as a, as a classical music rendition with, with Dave's work a couple of years ago. Having the audio example here, I kind of sat there and went, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry, man. I'm not gonna cry. But it was great. It was really, really great to listen to, and hopefully, you can finish off uh, fairly soon. I think that will be fantastic. So, um, yeah, you know, more power to Chris uh, in terms of what he's doing. And I have to say that um, last year, uh, when we were lucky enough to do the RPG with you guys just prior to last year's LaveCon, and so we did this all-nighter thing that went on for a very long time, so thank you again for that. Gave it to Chris, and he worked his magic, turned it into three episodes that led up to LaveCon, and we did the fourth one live on stage. And just listening to that back, where he's able to incorporate game sounds and mm -hmm. the AI voice, it was just stunning. I mean, yeah, he's an he's, he's extremely gifted man. And it, yeah. it turns something that you create into real magic. And yeah. I, I get the emotional thing. Mm, no, totally. He's, he's a total genius uh, in those terms. Anything was else? that the first time you'd actually heard it? Yeah, had totally. Heard? No, I'd not heard I it at all. I wasn't sure if you'd heard a I'd not heard it at all. I'd, I'd heard maybe, I think there was about 30, 90 seconds, a minute, up to the... Um, you heard up, the same preview? Yeah, up to basically, I'd heard up to where the guy gets shot in the first chapter. That's all I'd heard. So I, when can we get this? Where? When is it available? Where is it available? He's going on holiday as soon as he finishes this this uh, this convention. So it's it's not going to get out till till after that. But it's over at the Radio Theatre Workshop website, and um, well, obviously, we'll put a, a URL up for the store so that people can go and have a look at. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's done a stunning job. What we're also going to do, and we did mention this yesterday, is we're going to put the music up there as well so that the two things can, can sort of be side by side if people want to, to pick the music up um, uh, from that. And that's, that's also the music that features in the other audio books. And at the moment, there is a 10% discount, I believe, as well on radiotheaterworkshop.com. You enter the code, I believe it's LaveCon2018. 
Yeah, I believe so. Um, and I think that's on the desk. So, you know, if anybody wants to, to do that from here, they can. And uh, on Twitch, hi. You know, if you enjoyed that last night, then um, hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy it again. What are you saying to me, Shan? <coughs> so I was saying we, we have a special Galnet news read to us, so we don't have to. Oh, I see. So you, you're talking about, uh, you think that um, now it's time for, for, uh, for Peter to, to come and come I do his think It's time for so. us to go to the bar, yes. I think so, yes. I think it's time for I think you're probably right. News. I think you're probably right. So, okay, um, that will probably do it from us then, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much for attending. And uh, our panel will now close. And uh, if you can't, uh, well, you know where to find us. Um, everyone in this room knows that we're over at laveradio.com. Uh, thank you for joining us on Twitch. And uh, if you're listening in the recording, then 88 miles per hour and, uh, and all the rest of that. Um, so if you can't fly safe, people, then please do fly dangerous and... We have been Lave Radio. Here is Galnet News. Galnet News Digest, live from LaveCon, 10th of June, 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the end is nigh. The mystery of the awesome stuff. Great expectations. The end is nigh. With all the administrative staff of the Pilots' Federation reportedly away big-game hunting on the prehistoric Earth-like, we've been forced to scrabble around totally unofficial sources to find out what's happening to the galaxy. We've pieced together these unofficial sources from the so-called dinosaurs of the forum, and this is the terrible truth we found. The Milky Way is in maintenance mode. The Pilots' Federation has moved on to other more profitable galaxies leaving only a skeleton staff manning the supercomputers on Founder's World. The Mistress of Minions has been allocated to developing a Commodore 64 adventure game. The entire second floor of Frontier Towers is a figment of the collective imagination. So distraught is the development team that one of their number, known only by the name Wendy, has allegedly taken his fully engineered chieftain out into space without enough money for a rebuy and he's been destroyed. The mystery of the awesome stuff. Meanwhile, there's confusion surrounding events on DSO, where despite the lack of ongoing support for the Milky Way galaxy, there have been rumors of some pretty amazing developments just around the corner. The tools may soon become available to extract mineral resources far more efficiently from ore-laden asteroids. Current mining laser technology allows minerals to be blasted off the surface of asteroids, but the true riches of many asteroids lie deep inside. With a combination of enhanced scanning techniques to identify the best candidates for mining, and a new system of explosive charges, there are hopes that a career as a miner may soon become far more profitable and rewarding. It won't be without risk, though. Placing charges correctly will be vital, and the risk of ship damage from dust clouds, corrosive emissions, or just by being hit by a huge chunk of asteroid hurtling towards you means that miners will truly be earning their riches. 
Explorers may soon be able to benefit from a new class of surface scanner limpets. These supercruise devices will use the gravity of the celestial body to slingshot around to allow a far more detailed surface analysis than, than has been possible using the basic surface scanner of today. Requiring some skill to operate, the drones may optionally be launched by specialist crew members, while the pilots execute a flyby. Hints have also been received that there may be other allegedly pretty amazing new things to discover, possibly geological, perhaps biological, certainly meteorological. And for the first time, we've been given a glimpse of new vision enhancement goggles that allow the galaxy to be viewed with a clarity never seen before. Great expectations. With confirmation that the release of two new ships is imminent, and with the Lake on Challenger an open secret, speculation is rising about what the second one could be. Falcon de Lacy is thinking of releasing a new edition of its classic crate. Could this be it? Sources describe the crate as largely obsolete, with a sluggish speed and substandard manoeuvrability consisting of a hodgepodge of old and new technology. And that's just the manufacturer's brochure. Speaking off the record, when asked who, who would fly such a lemon of a spacecraft, a Falcon de Lacy employee admitted that the production run would probably be relatively small, but not as small as the production run would be if the Perez Corporation should ever choose to re-release its own classic, the Merlin. According to research carried out by Spider-Mine Corporation, that would have a production run of just one. <laughs> and that's this week's Gallant News live from Lacon. We read the news so you don't have to. Come back for the raffle.